Welcome to Recovery Plus Podcast. Fuck yesterday, focus on today. I'm your host, Dr. Mainly Hannon. Here, we celebrate and honor people in recovery one conversation at a time. Let's talk. Welcome back. This is episode 50. When was the last time you heard sobriety and fun in the same sentence? Well, my next guest, Martin Davies, is a trailblazer redefining entertainment without alcohol or substances. Martin shares his journey from idolizing the rock and roll lifestyle to uncovering its dark underbelly, where alcohol and drugs dominated the scene. With raw honesty, Martin opens up about his 27-year battle with addiction, highlighting the challenges he faced on his quest for sobriety. He experienced loss of relationship, financial struggles, a family intervention, and a stint in rehab were just a few of the hurdles he overcame. Now, five and a half years sober from alcohol, drugs, and gambling, Martin's story takes a positive turn. Drawing from his 17-year experience in the entertainment sector as a stand-up comedy booker, he successfully launched the UK's first alcohol-free comedy club, known today as the London Alcohol-Free Comedy Club. Additionally, Martin actively engages with audiences by speaking at conferences and workplace settings, raising awareness about alcohol and addiction. Discover how Martin's resilience and passion are changing the game, one sober laugh at a time. Let's talk. Welcome, Martin. Thanks so much for being on my podcast. No problems at all. Thanks so much for inviting me on. I've been looking forward to this. Absolutely. And by the way, it's my 50th episode. So celebrations all around. And you have a celebration too, right? I do indeed. Yes. Today I'm celebrating five and a half years clean and sober. How about that? That is awesome. Couldn't align that any better. Right? So congratulations. A lot of things to acknowledge today. So let's just dive right in. So one of the things I was just curious about is like, what was life like, you know, before sobriety? Life before sobriety. I started out having a good life. I started out in the entertainment business and um, I was DJing and, you know, I was having a whale of a time, but obviously with entertainment and I say with entertainment, we're very good at pointing the finger to whatever profession we work in. Oh, there's lots of alcohol. There's lots of substance. And I was in that field for a number of years And it was just part and parcel of what I did every single night. It kind of became normal. Mm -hmm. It was normalized. The people that I were around in the nightclubs and in the entertainment game, you know, they were all drinking. They were all taking something to keep them staying up a little bit late. And this started from a very young age. This, you know, I went into the entertainment game when I was 17. And uh, I'm knocking, what am I now? I have to think about that. 46 now. (laughs) And so five and a half years sober. Yeah, I was in it a long time, a long time. So at the beginning, I was having fun. (laughs) It was good until those consequences came in. And what did that look like? Until I started losing friends. I started losing work. Um, I could no longer turn up to important dates, jobs. And I just changed as a person from, from that outgoing Martin, you just, just, I become a recluse. I become a recluse. I stopped working in the entertainment field because I accused that. I accused that of making my addiction worse, that I was drinking more. 
And actually, little did I know, it was me. It was me all along. But I had to find out the hard way. And I went from stopping working in the entertainment um, field to working at home, booking stand-up comedy, um, being a promoter, booking live events. But what I've done, I've, I've stayed in the field, but I've taken a back seat. I've become a booker rather than at the forefront. Mm-hmm. of an entertainer and from working at home I would use a busy day as a reward um, if I've done had a really good day I'd have a drink of wine and that drink of wine might start 11 o'clock some days 12 mm-hmm. o'clock and then what would happen because I don't drink like a normal person mm-hmm. one's never enough so I start right. and then I find myself finishing a bottle after that bottle, I need something to keep me alert, to keep me awake. The substance gets involved. And I, in short, I, I come onto this hamster wheel very, very quickly of behind the closed door at home, drinking, taking substance, trying to hold down a job. And the alcohol stopped working, the drugs stopped working. And then I picked up online gambling, um, which, if I'm absolutely honest, that was the one maybe that actually really put me how do we put it in a place of not wanting to live how did that look I was just behind that closed door just taking drugs drinking gambling pressing that button with no fear because I was under the influence I was higher so every transaction, I pressed that button. It got up to ridiculous amounts per spin. And then I would wake up in the morning, and I, I call it a three-stage hangover. I used to wake up and go, oh, I've drunk. Oh, no, I've taken substance. Have I gambled? And I had to check my bank account. And then it'd be empty. Oh. And then that started me off on the next cycle, chasing I need some money to survive. And there was times, I don't condone it at all, there was times when I used to win well. But then what I used to do, I can laugh about it now, I used to reward myself with more alcohol, with more substance, party around Martins with the friends I did have left because at this stage I didn't have many friends left apart from people like myself that used a lot and drank a lot of alcohol. Um, I had this house where I did have with a partner, a long-standing partner, but a consequence was she had to leave. She could not put up with Martin. You know, Martin didn't want to stop drinking or using. And then it all came, as I say, I, I couldn't take it anymore. The pain that I was in, the only way out I could see was to check out a life, man, was to check yeah. out. And, you know, it's, you know, sitting here now, it's getting me, it's getting me. A consequence of where I was at, I snapped my tib and fib in my right foot at once in a crazy accident, and I had a lot of strong medication at home. When I got to this place in my head of not being able to wanting to live anymore, I took it all and half a bottle of vodka, you know, just and just asked whatever there is out there to take me. I called it God. Whatever's out there, take me. And just, do you know what? It didn't happen. I'm here today. <laughs> and it's amazing. You and I never die. believed. And I, I understand through my journey of recovery, I know it's not everyone's bag, but I understand 
what I have to do, I have to believe in the bigger and better of me, whatever you want to call it up there, out there, him, mm-hmm. she, mm-hmm. it, whatever it is, I need Higher something power, bigger. Whatever. Right. Whatever. And I didn't get taken. I was, I'm meant to be here. I'm meant to be here. And yeah, I went to treatment. I was very lucky. I learned a lot about myself. I sold my house that I had to fund my treatment. That's how much I wanted sobriety. I mean, it, it, people like what some folks call rock bottom, you know, and what we do know is you don't have to hit that, but sometimes when you get super fucking low, there's either one direct, there's two ways you could do this. Like your choice was to check out or to check back in. And you did both and to, to talk about, and lived about it, right? I did. I did. It is, it's, oh, you know, sitting in there, you know, generally, you know, not just saying this because it's a podcast, but you know, I am a bit overwhelmed, you know, I, I'm, I'm very busy working. You know, I work within addiction and I work for right. a charity now which is amazing, come on to that. And I do a lot of other things, which we'll come on to. But just sitting here now, in the present now, talking to you in America, you know, five and a half years sober, talking about the time when I tried to end it. You know, this is about giving hope. And right in front of me now, I'm going to show it to you. You probably can't Mm -hmm. see it. This was an award that I got. It was the Hope Award for 2023 for the addiction charity that I work for. Wow. You know, and coming on now talking about this it is to give hope and you're quite right you don't have to reach where I reached you you know people have probably heard the analogy of the lift you can get out on whatever floor you want to get out I had to get out under the basement right and I had to be done I had to be broken and I'm a big believer in this recovery stuff that if you want it it makes it so much easier, you know. And I'm and not you doing can't it. do it for anybody else, can you? Hundred percent, me up league. Hundred percent, because I know people that come into recovery to keep their partners quiet, to right. make sure they don't lose their job. And if you're not doing it for you, it isn't going to. Well, it may happen, but only for a short period of time. You're going to have this freedom, and I. As I say, going back, I learned a lot in the rehab about myself. I realized that I've been pointing my finger at everybody else and the world for doing me wrong. And it was actually me. And I got told that I suffer with an illness. And it was the first time I'd ever heard this stuff, that I suffered with a mental, physical illness and uh, a spiritual, a massive spiritual gap in my life. And through letting in what I was being told in this rehab, where I also volunteer today, through just listening and being open-minded, I left there after 28 days, buzzing, high on life, high on life for the first time. Right? Legit high on life. Yeah. I've, I've never been here. I've never been in this world. I was in it up until I would say, without anything, let's get honest, 15, (laughs) before I started smoking a joint, before I started drinking, taking ecstasy, taking amphetamine that led to the cocaine destruction with alcohol. Mm -hmm. I'd come out of rehab, I'd walk around a supermarket and everything, I would 
it spin me out, man. I'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> look at all this food. I've been surviving on microwave beef burgers for the, you know, God knows how long at the corner shop. And yeah, I threw myself into recovery. I threw myself into, I'd done what I needed to do. I found the fellowships and the groups and I connected, connection, like-minded people. And because I'd worked in the entertainment field, this is where I belong. And in recovery, People can think that you can lose yourself. You can lose at what you're good at when you become sober. But do you know what? You become that better self. You become even better than when I was trying to book comedy or when I was trying to DJ. And I was so protective of my recovery when I came out of treatment. I stopped working Mm -hmm. in entertainment. I wasn't going to risk anything. So I started volunteering at the rehab. And then I had this thought come in, which, uh, hence how we met. I had a thought of removing alcohol from a stand-up comedy event. And again, you're in the UK where comedy and entertainment and alcohol build and meld together. This is just the culture. And I mean, it's everywhere. And you must drink or you're weird, right? It's just not (laughs) normal. A hundred percent, you know, over here, it is crazy. And I know it's crazy everywhere. Right. It really is the culture. And when I first suggested this idea, because I went back very briefly working with the old establishment, let's call it, that I used to work for, and I just could not do it sober, could not work in a, you know, in in that particular establishment. And I said to them, I'm about to start a sober comedy event. I'm going to call it Sober is Fun. I'm going to get Mm -hmm. the website domain. They all laughed. They all laughed. Wait, let me back up for a second. So, okay, your background, right, is, you know, in the entertainment field where there's drugs, rock and roll, all of that shit, alcohol infested. You're in the UK where that's like, yeah, cool, keep doing it till you die, pretty much, right? Balls to the Pretty much. And then you're like, oh, wait, I have this new perspective on life because life looks so much brighter and it's not so scary. And I do want to engage and be a part of life. And then again, how did you get inspired to glow? I'm going to do something that is alcohol free in the UK. I mean, really, I'll tell you how what does really that spurred me on? <laughs> people saying that it can't work. People oh. saying that you will never be able to do it. Oh. And... I put the feelers out to the professional comedians because I I was in stand-up comedy for 15 years as a booker professionally. So I know a lot of comedians. And some of them are in recovery. There's only a small amount, but there's a sure. few. And I spoke to them. They went, do you know what, Martin? That is an amazing idea. They were honest and said it might be a slow burner. <laughs> right. but But stick with it. Try it. And that's what I did. You know, I had to block out the noise of people being negative on the professional stand-up circuit in the UK. People were ribbing the idea. Someone's trying to do a sober comedy night. How's that going to work? You know, UK's known right. as for smoky comedy clubs environments. How's it ever going to work? Great question. And let me tell you, it did because I could see this other market out there that nobody can see. If you're not in the state that I'm in now 
dimensionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. from the outside, if you're not in recovery and you're not where the space I'm in, you won't see it. There's so many reasons, not just recovery. You know, it started as a kind of way of giving back. Um, I had a lot of contacts. So I thought, let's set up one comedy night. Let's get some acts involved. And do you know what? I've done the first one in 2018, December, in Chelmsford in Essex. It was packed. Only 30, small venue. But the best bit was the comedian's absolutely loved it before they went on they were very you know they were not sure what to expect because they're normally getting people shouting out heckles being asked to be quiet then they're not quiet they get up to go to the toilet five six seven times out of the nose literally Mm -hmm. you know in in the comedy club game and it was a big success you know that first show and what was that like for you to see that come alive a bit like the way I'm feeling now right. because I'm, I'm at another stage. You know, in recovery, I like to set myself challenges, goals. Like we mentioned before we started recording that yesterday I'd done my first half marathon in amazing. the ridiculous heat here in the UK at the moment. I've made <laughs> it round without stopping. It's incredible. So I'm always wanting to push. And I experienced, I think, then what it feels like to be successful and actually be able to give something which came so easy if that makes sense because people from the outside couldn't see what I was trying to achieve but being as I say within recovery and knowing for one how good laughing is for you because people can think oh you don't drink you must be well boring it must be really boring I I I wanted to prove that you know sobriety isn't and I think hearing a room packed with 30 people laughing out loud, sober, with nothing in them, it was magical, magical I think, moment. I, I'm listening to this and I'm just like, oh, my God, I can feel the the excitement and just the awe and magic about that. And, you know, and now we're in 2023 and we had COVID, all of that, right? So how has the, the comedy club been doing so far, knowing that you've had this hardship and you remain sober through it? This is right. Right? It hasn't been an easy ride. And I think no. anyone in the entertainment sector, anyone in business. Right. So where I got to this comedy club, Sober Comedy Club in Essex, we'd done the first one in December 2018. I've done another two into 2019. Beginning of 2019, I pushed again and I set up the London Alcohol Free Comedy Club. I wanted to expand. You know, I thought I found something here. Right. So I'd done two shows in a small bath in East London, only held 30 people again. And I also had a big room. In Essex, I'd upped it to a hundred seater in Essex, so I swapped. So I grew the smaller room to the hundred capacity, and mm. then in London, I found this small space, had two shows there, went really well, and then the pandemic struck, mm. and it, yeah, looking back now, you know, and part of my journey. And I haven't gone into it too much because I don't believe it's why I ended up being a 
whatever you want to call it, addict, alcoholic, whatever you label you want to associate me with. I'm free. I'm easy. I don't care. I know what I am today. But at the beginning, it was uh, having to accept, really, that a lot of hard work had kind of just just dissolved overnight. But what I did do is I'd done an online comedy night. So people bought into that. People bought in to a Zoom comedy night and... They started to become really popular in the UK. I don't know over lockdown because people were looking for things to do. It was never going to make money, but it was just something that I thought I can keep Sober is Fun, the brand out there somehow through this lockdown. And there was a lot of posts going on Facebook and just to try to keep it moving. And I never really said a second ago, but I've always wanted to, succeed in life and I think be successful I come from a family that was quite successful my brother was in the music game and done very well um my father was successful in what he done and this may relate to a lot of people listening you know I I tried to get so far in life and then the alcohol and the substance would come in and just bring it all back down I'd get up there again and it'd all come back down so when the pandemic, <laughs> it was a weird feeling struck because I'm I'm sitting there going, I'm sober now and I can't do it. I can't do it. So I had to ride it out, you know, until it was out. So during the lockdown, I wasn't going to be defeated. I wanted to go all out now. I put so much into this project. And right. so I approached the Backyard Comedy Club in um, East London which is London's biggest purpose-built comedy club. And I got in contact with them and I told them what I was trying to do. Um, And they loved the concept. They really did. It's a bit of a shock. I didn't have to explain too much. And do you know what? I think because I've been established at this point since 2018, all the comedians obviously talk to each other. They, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. the promoters talk. And the comedians that have actually performed for one of one of my shows will spread good words that it is a great gig to do. Wow. The negativity more than likely comes from the people that I don't book because they're not getting a piece of the cake. And that right. is honestly how I know it works. Um, so I managed to launch at the Backyard Comedy Club in September 21. And the show was a brilliant success. It was a brilliant, you know, it was a professional showroom. It was set up perfectly. And the beautiful thing is about the Backyard Comedy Club, they've got a big space, a pre-show area, which they've got table tennis, pool, they've got table football, games. So it becomes more than just a comedy show. People in sobriety that maybe feel a bit nervous about going on their own. And it happens because we have to find our tribe. When we get sober, there's no point in me knocking around the same crowd that I was because I know I will end up, you know, before long going backwards. So we host a sober social. Before the actual show, we have an hour and a half where people come, they meet up. The Backyard Comedy Club put a fantastic... AF drinks menu 
in place. I get alcohol-free drinks, alternatives aren't for everyone. And we could talk right. about that right. <laughs> for hours. The yes. do's, the don'ts, do we? Horses right. for courses, whatever works for you. You know, I don't drink alcohol-free drinks because I had enough of the taste of beer. And I know that the drinks taste incredibly good these days. And, you know, I don't want that. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm more than happy drinking soft drinks. But we offer, as I say, a huge selection of alcohol-free drinks. And originally, the sober comedy shows were aiming at the audience of people in recovery. But very, right. very quickly... I realized that there's so many other audience groups that just choose not to drink alcohol. You know, you have the sober curious movement, right, people that have right. never had a problem with alcohol, but they choose to drink alcohol-free drinks. And right. these people don't want to be around people drunk, swearing, yeah. ruining the entertainment. You know, you've got people for cultural reasons that don't drink alcohol. You've right. got, some vegans, you know, the, the actual market um, moved from being a sober comedy club to just alcohol-free. So it's a safe space with the pre-show mm. sober meetup space for people that want to meet before the show. And, yeah, it's a safe space. Just no alcohol is served, but you can listen to top comedians without anybody even thinking about ruining the show, if that makes sense. I think that's amazing because this whole thing about the sober curious movement is huge in the non-alcoholic. But like you said, there are other communities and other, you know, folks that just want to be entertained without worrying about, you know, safety issues like being hit or touched or, you know, yeah. with really probably not very safe people sometimes. I mean, a comedy club is a huge mix of folks, right? And so it must be just to hear people laughing from all different walks of life, knowing that they can be safe. I mean, that's got to feel really good. It does. You know, as I mentioned before, that it's just a magical atmosphere. It's a powerful atmosphere. And I always say you have to come and experience it because it's very rare that you actually get this. I'm aware that there's been ad hoc sober yeah. comedy events in the uk before more right. for charity but i do believe that i am the first to actually hold regular events of this nature and the reason that i'm putting them on you know every other month is to allow people hopefully to fit in their diaries and give more mm -hmm. availability to people to head down to london because We've attracted people from different parts of the UK. We've had people come up from Brighton. Mm -hmm. We've had people come up from Suffolk. And you're talking a couple of hours in. We've had people from up north of England. They've travelled down to the wow. London Alcohol Free Comedy Club, which is amazing. Because it's the only one of its kind. And, you know, earlier you were talking about some of the volunteer and charity work and you speak about addiction and alcohol. What do you think the relationship is between your advocacy work and opening up this alcohol-free comedy club? I decided, purely based on my own beliefs and based on the knowledge I had already before yeah. I went into working in the addiction field, that this would work. I had big belief that the market was there. But now working um, for an addiction charity, which I absolutely love, I'll just touch on that. 
Yeah, I've worked on a specialist project, um, high intensity user project for this charity. And a charity is called Phoenix Futures. And I work with people that are constantly on that revolving cycle of hospital detox out, pick up, hospital detox out. Some people have presented 90 times in two years, you know, and because I'm passionate and because I put a lot into my own recovery, I've managed to help turn around some of these clients' lives. These people are the ones that you would normally look at and class as the unfortunates, the mm-hmm. ones that you never think will get recovery or sobriety. And I only work with a small amount of people and I give my time, which is the crucial part. I give more time and I'm their dedicated worker. Some people come into services and they get passed around. They don't see the same person. And right. these pers- these people are so chaotic. They miss their appointments and they get closed to services. But, you know, I, I have a way of working which which has been recognised, hence picking up this amazing Hope Award, wow. um, which is absolutely mind-blowing. Um, but what I've actually seen within the addiction field is where Sober is Fun, the London Alcohol Free Comedy Club is going, it isn't going to go backwards. It is right. only going forwards. We can look at people's drinking behaviours, like we've mentioned with the Sober Curious, the amount of people that are choosing just not to drink. People, the youngsters that are growing up, you know, back in my day, you was weird if you didn't drink or right? get on it, as we call it over here. Right. So I think through working in the addiction services and having this project running alongside, it just cemented and told me that I'm on the right path. There is always going to be a target market, Mm -hmm. whether it is people that have suffered from addiction, whether it is people that are just sober curious, whether it's people that do drink alcohol and they just want an afternoon off because these shows happen on a Sunday afternoon. I love that. So so great. Travel in and come home at a good time and be in bed by half past eight with a cup of tea. Perfect. And remember how much fun they had because when the sentence sober and fun are in the same sentence, it's rare that you consider sobriety as fun. And I think that's the biggest challenge for people Mm -hmm. to understand that. Can you without drinking or using substances? It's a huge one. I was worried. I think everybody that goes through um, this period of change, um, I didn't know who I was going to be. When I right. came out of that treatment centre, I was I was Martin. I wasn't this person who was trying to be someone else. I had right. a mask for every occasion. Mm-hmm. I could. I didn't know whether to wake up and put a tracksuit on or a tweed jacket. I didn't know who I was. I... Mm-hmm. But through realising who I was and when I surrounded and connected with other people, I realised that through getting sober, I was going to be the best version of myself. And I was told by many people that have been before me on this journey mm-hmm. um, that it is just the best thing, getting sober and... You will have fun, but 
as we say, it's very hard to see at the beginning. People can right. tell you all this and you can listen right. to me now telling you this. You might be listening to this and, you know, you're one foot in, one foot out of recovery. No, it's going to be boring if I stop. It isn't. It really isn't. And I think by proving this, we are seeing, well, I'm certainly seeing more younger people. Um, mm -hmm. It's amazing the demographic of age at the events from 17 to 70, wow. which is great. I think that's amazing. And again, congratulations for doing this. I mean, to do this, what do you, how do you think your alcohol-free comedy club challenges societal norms in the UK? It is a challenge. People can look at it and they can think, brilliant, the only one of its kind. Right. They can think, oh, we must be, you know, coining it in. And the truth of the matter, <laughs> I have to be honest, I'm in recovery. Right. I'm not. Right. Not yet, anyway. It is not yet. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. But I'm aware that even this time down the line of doing it, you know, it pays for itself and it, there might be a little bit left over. But that goes back into Sober is Fun. That goes back in to production of the shows, the right. website costing. People don't see all this. I'm sure you no, understand this. I do. Right. <laughs> Your mailing systems. So my, you know, my take, you know, it is minimal. But I'm just a big believer that it is going to grow. And I'm sticking with it. There'll be yeah. times when the worst time is coming up to a show, looking at ticket sales, going, oh, my God, right, mm -hmm. I haven't broke even. Oh, I haven't even got enough to pay the axe. And obviously I have. That comes out. That comes out anyway. But I can look. But then all of a sudden, <laughs> the week before the show, all that fear goes, and then the tickets start coming in, start coming in. It's a much smaller right. market. If I was marketing a normal comedy event, I could market it to absolutely, you know, everyone. The, sure. the demographic is much, much bigger. Even though I'm talking about my demographic for right. sober, it is expanding. But a normal comedy event will always sure. sell better. This is a grower. Let's call it that. And right. I'm in it for the long game. And I have to yeah. be, I think. And I, you know, just kind of is a reflection of your recovery journey, which is not, you just didn't give up. I mean, you tried to and it didn't work, right? <laughs> you really did. And <laughs> you got another chance, just like you said earlier. It's like you were meant to be here. This is it. And it is, you know, and we can face challenges in our recovery. You know, <laughs> sobriety isn't linear. It, sobriety can be challenging life will still come at you just because you're sober it's not all fairies and unicorns as no, <laughs> people may perceive it to be but you have the understanding the awareness i know myself and i know if enough's enough i'm going to know if this challenge is taking up too much of my time <laughs> and as i've said it hasn't been about financials this project right. yes i would love it to even if it paid for one holiday a year, would be fantastic. And I'm hoping 2023, going into 24, now that, hey, I'm talking to you in America, <laughs> the words got out there. You saw me in a publication. That's right. This is what it's all about. It's, it's hard to market. 
it's kind of an inside job, which like my recovery. Uh-huh. Absolutely. But, you know, I think what's so amazing is you're in one of the toughest places to do something. You're like this fish going upstream, you know, uh-huh. but there's other fishes that are doing this too. And surprisingly enough, Gen Z and researchers coming in saying that, you know, younger people want different alternatives. And most people are becoming much more aware of addiction than any other time in our history. Because of COVID, it really, I think, highlighted some of the disparities that we've all experienced in addiction and mental health. And so, I mean, who doesn't want to fucking laugh? This you know, is it. Right? Let's, let's, let's get rid of the addiction. Let's stop talking about how everybody <laughs> needs to laugh. Uh, right? You know, a day without laughter is a day wasted. It is. Oh, I love that. And I've found that my sense of humour is be a little bit warped sometimes. I will admit that. <laughs> But that's just me. You know, I found me. And I think I listened to some live stand-up. I saw it online in right. front of an alcohol-fueled audience. I was listening to the, the actual words coming out of the comedian's mouth. They weren't even jokes, but people mm. were laughing. Mm. And I was trying to understand. And then I, and then I was like, ah, there's several drinks in. Whatever he says, they're laughing at. And this is Uh another point of stand-up. Sober people don't forget. And the comedians, they've got to be on their Mm A-game because they can't just expect to say something that's a little bit funny and get a big laugh because, you know, we're sober. Um, But, yeah, everybody needs to laugh. Everybody needs to laugh. really good medicine. Every single day. Absolutely, especially coming off of the pandemic and getting reconnected. And, you know, again, I am so excited to know that you are doing this in the UK. My hope is that in the States, this is happening because everybody needs to laugh. Everybody is a little more health conscious. There's more information about mental wellness and sobriety and addiction more so. And having what you're doing is destigmatizing. This is just alcohol free so everyone could come. You know, and there's less pressure. So mm. have come and have a laugh. You know, why wouldn't mm. you? You know, and that's, that's sti- my question is like, why wouldn't you want to do it? <laughs> exactly. And that stigma words, you know, at the charity where I work, it's, you know, we do so much work around getting rid of that and putting that in the bin. This is, you know, come on, let's move forward now. And there yes. can be a crossover. With sober events, I've seen it, and I can still see it happen. People that are in addiction recovery to sober curious, you can. Unfortunately, there is a little bit of stigma. There's a little bit between the two. Sometimes you can feel like you're being looked down on because they think you've had a problem. They haven't had the problem. Let's just get rid of it all. Let's just get rid of it all. We don't drink alcohol. Happy days. End of. Right. And you can have a much better, healthy life. Your mental well-being will be so much better. And, you know, like you say, hopefully there will be more sober comedy over there in the States. God, it's Um, great. (laughs) And more sober events because the market, as I say, it is not just for people in recovery. And it's not even just for sober curious. It's for people that want to stay away from the carnage but have a good time. Couldn't say that better. You know, thank you again. And, you know, for those who 
are traveling to the UK, how can people find you and get tickets? What do you suggest? Easiest way is to jump online, soberisfun.co.uk. On there, you'll be able to click the London Alcohol Free Comedy Club tab and you'll be able to book in advance online. Um, all ticketing is online. We do have an early bird process where if you book early, you'll save yourself a few pounds. And as I mentioned at the beginning, our shows, they run every other month. So our next one is we actually got a summer break because uh-huh. with this hot weather, there's so much more we can do. Once you've got this gift and we don't drink, being outside is the one. So I'm very mindful of people wanting uh-huh. to sit in a dark room on a hot afternoon. <laughs> So we take a break and we're back on Sunday, September the 10th. We're then back on Sunday, the 29th of October. And then the big one is the dry January special, which we haven't programmed yet. But that's where we see the best demographic, the cross section of people that join us. You know, we are packed out. So if you are coming over, do jump online and have a look on Sober is Fun. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, along with the London Alcohol Free Comedy Club. They have separate accounts as well. Well, that is amazing. I just want to thank you again, Martin, and congratulations again for five and a half years sober. Congratulations for doing your first marathon and not choking up a lung and being on this podcast the day <laughs> after. It was close. It was close. <laughs> let me tell you, I, I thought I was going to be walking. I started talking to something bigger and better than me and I got through it. It works. It works. (laughs) And it does, right? Your recovery works. Can I just tell you this? Before we finish. Sure. I didn't think I was going to make it. This is just for the (laughs) non-believers. I didn't think I was going to make it. I was speaking to something. I was on my own. My brother had left me. I was struggling. Right. My feet were sore. It was Mm. nearly 30 degrees. I've been running for two hours and 10 minutes and I felt I can't go on. So I started talking to something, asking for help. Please help me get to the finish line. Please help me. Please. And then a gentleman come up alongside me. Where did he come from? Started talking to me. He said to me, I'm trying to be the best version of myself, mate. I said, funny you should say that. Tomorrow I'm celebrating five and a half years free from alcohol, cocaine, and gambling we bonded he got me up to the last mile unfortunately he stopped running and I left him he carried me for two miles and if you're telling me there's not something out there when you need it how about that wow that's amazing that just closes our interview beautifully again Martin I can't thank you enough for spending time with us and talking about your journey Best wishes to your club. If I go to London, I will definitely look you up. I can't wait. I think it's a wonderful idea and everyone should do it because we all deserve laughter and lightness. And um, it's been that with you this whole time. So thank you again. I appreciate it. No, thank you so much for inviting me on. And good luck to everybody out there, people that are in recovery, people thinking about putting down the drink. Good luck to you. Because it's possible. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to Recovery Plus Podcast, Fuck Yesterday, Focus on Today. I'm your host, Dr. Mainly Hennon, celebrating and honoring people in recovery one conversation at a time. 
This podcast is sponsored by Red Door Coaching and Consulting, and you can find my podcast on Amazon, Apple, and Spotify. Also, you can find me at my website at www.reddoorcc.com. You can email me at mhennan at reddoorcc.com if you're interested in transformational coaching. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.